Business Women Rock, episode 38. Ladies, it's time to rock. Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast, where we get down and dirty with the world's most incredible business women. Inspire your journey by listening to theirs. And now, here's your host, Katie Kremitzos. What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Business Women Rock podcast. I'm so ecstatic that you're here with me today. I've got such a great show for you. As we do every Wednesday, it is time to celebrate Business Women Wednesday, where we shine the light on an incredible businesswoman who's a part of this Business Women Rock community. The fabulous lady that we're highlighting today is Theodora Sirgiu. Now, Theodora has had over 25 years of experience in the swimming pool construction industry as the COO of Nicholas Pools. She has a huge amount of accolades, let's be honest. So let me just give you the highlights. She's been a finalist for the 2012, 2013, and 2014 New Jersey Monthly Leading Women Entrepreneurs Award. She's been featured in Forbes magazine. She was chosen as a Power 50 woman and interviewed by Marie Grace Berg for a podcast on todaysleadingwomen.com. She's just done so many things. She's very dedicated and involved in the St. Barbara Greek Orthodox Church. Theodora, just thank you so much. Efaristo Parapoli. Ah, you guys didn't know I knew Greek, did you? Haha. <laughs> You're rocking it, girl. Keep up the great work. This entire community salutes you. If you would like to be highlighted in our Business Women Wednesday series, all you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com, click on the Business Women Wednesday graphic right in the middle of the page, and you will be able to read about Theodora, and you'll be able to click on the link there to submit your request. Now, let's get on with the show. My guest today is Laura Sherman of Baldwin Kristen Sherman Partners Insurance, or BKS Partners Insurance for short. It is an insurance company that insures all sorts of things, and Laura specifically is so brilliant at insuring some of the nation's wealthiest people. And she's built an insurance company that is not like your traditional insurance company. As a matter of fact, she has built out such a great team and such a great client experience that she has 97% retention rate for her clients. BKS has been recognized in Inc. magazines as one of the nation's fastest growing companies, and it's really due to Laura and her partner's holistic approach to insurance. You're in for a treat on this one. The interview starts now. Laura, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Ah, You're very welcome. I am so excited to have you here and to be able to share your story with everyone today because you have an incredibly robust business history and are doing some really incredible things. Your business has been growing like crazy. So I really want to get that full story of why that's been happening and be able to share with everyone the reasons that you're having the successes that you're having and all the incredible things that you're doing. So can you tell us a little bit about what business experience you had before you founded BKS? Absolutely. Well, I started my career at Chubb Insurance, which was an amazing training ground because they had, it was like a three-month training period. I also 
had the opportunity to work in the home office at a very young age. I was like 23 when I moved into our home office corporate atmosphere where I really got hands-on experience with product development. I was actually the assistant worldwide marketing director because, again, we ran for a very lean machine, even though we were a Fortune 500 company. And at that point, we insured 74% of the Forbes wealthiest families in America. So I got some really invaluable experience. And from there, I moved to the broker side, the independent agency side. In Atlanta, after doing a presentation with Chubb, I was approached by an independent broker and I moved there in Atlanta and our firm was acquired by Wachovia. So that kind of is really the impetus for starting BKS. Now, even before that, before you really even stepped into the insurance business, you had a pretty interesting job working and touring with the Antique Roadshow, which I thought was really interesting. And I think, you know, tells a lot about who you are and and has had sort of lessons there bleed into what you're doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? Absolutely. It was interesting. It was actually at while I was with Chubb. It was really kind of unprecedented. It was really the first reality show because it was before reality shows became big. And when PBS approached us about being a sponsor, they said, we really don't have the funds to really promote the show or to volunteer, I mean, to manage all the volunteers that would be um, needed to pull this off. And I think I was the only one that raised my hand because, again, at the time I was 24 years old, didn't have any children. And they said, well, who wants to work all week and then travel all weekend and then come back to work, you know, but I'm bushy-tailed on Monday morning. So the things I learned, I will tell you, I learned all about family treasures. It really gave me an appreciation for things that get kind of passed down through generations because that's really what this, what PBS Antiques Roadshow is all about. I also learned about event planning because I was at that point in charge of all the events that we had with the appraisers, with our clients. PR, I did all the public relations with a PR firm. And I definitely learned how to approach strangers because in our first year, we really didn't have anyone coming to the show. It wasn't very well publicized because we had a really lean budget. So I actually went outdoors and would stop people at red lights and knock on their window and ask them to roll it down and say, do you have anything in your attic or basement? I had this whole spiel about how we had, you know, nationally recognized appraisers here to appraise their items. In the early seasons, you can actually see me walking around in the background with my hair and, you know, first having it up, then having it down. I changed clothes just so that it gave the appearance of more people in the audience. <laughs> That's great. I love that. So definitely, yeah, you were definitely getting your, getting your hands dirty and sort of all the different components of business because I think it's interesting, usually working in the insurance industry, you're not really dealing with all of those other aspects. You're not really dealing with marketing. You're not really dealing with PR super directly. And so through this outlet, you really had a chance to cut your teeth on some of those on some of those skills. Absolutely. I truly count my blessings every day. I would agree. So fast forward a little bit, you had all this insurance experience. What was the actual impetus for starting BKS? Well, as I mentioned, I was at a firm that was acquired by Wachovia. I had recently become a shareholder. I was 26. And then through the transition of kind of kind of rolling up into Wachovia, we really started institutionalizing our client relationships. And I realized that a lot of our clients had needs that were outside that prescribed box. And so I actually started writing my own business plan. And at the time I was in Atlanta, and I had had the opportunity to work with Lowry Baldwin and Elizabeth Christen, my now two um, partners, because they, their firm was also acquired by Wachovia, and we all worked on worked on called sales integration, where we were teaching bankers about the importance of insurance and really kind of helping them cross sell. I was doing my own business plan and really was planning on and pursuing that in Atlanta when I started talking to Lowry, and he was talking about starting a boutique firm in Tampa, and I was going to continue to be in Tampa. I mean, in Atlanta. 
And he said, well, why don't you come down for the weekend and we'll check things out. And again, I was, you know, very principled and dug my heels in and I'm like, well, I'm staying in Atlanta because I was newly married. I loved Atlanta. My husband went to school there. We loved it. We had a lot of friends. I was very involved in the community. And literally all it took was Lowry, my partner, taking my husband Alden out on a boat and they went fishing for the day. And <laughs> we came back and my husband literally said, you know, we are really landlocked in Atlanta. We should try Tampa for a couple of years. And the rest is history. I love so we've been it. here for eight years. Oh, I love it. And that's I love that story because that's usually the story behind anyone who comes down here, which is like, I spent five minutes on the water in January and how beautiful was it? You know, let's be here. <laughs> You're right. It's I, We do live in paradise. Last night I was driving home and seeing the sunset and I literally was talking on the phone and I said, I live in paradise. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely true. You moved down to Tampa. You guys are about to launch this boutique firm. What did it take? Like, what components did you need to really have ready in order to fully launch? Well, I was very fortunate in that when I moved here, you know, I did not have an established network, but my partner, Lowry Baldwin, is fourth generation insurance and being in Tampa, and um, he had built an amazing reputation. But we absolutely had to do market research. We built a business plan. And at the time, there were four of us. There were four partners. We were under a different name. And so getting all four of us on the same page with the same ideas, it was daunting. And we definitely had to revise it uh, quite a few times. And then even when we bought that other partner out, it took a while to even like, for example, like a website, it took us two years to launch our website just because I did want to do very thorough research and look at many different other websites that I liked and really to give me inspiration. But I will tell you one thing that we think has been instrumental is that each of our advisors do an annual business plan. So we all do our own business plan and then we roll that up and we do an annual business plan for the firm as well. And it's really kind of helped us keep on track. And even though we change, we have the ability to change it at any time. And when we find opportunities that make good business sense, we do. But at the same time, we still have a guiding principle and we do track it monthly and quarterly. And also having very frequent established communications with our colleagues. We have what we call it a, our weekly fast blast where we send out an email just to educate everyone on what's been going on. So it's anything from volunteer opportunities to, um, you know, congratulating colleagues on successes to just general information about whether it's IT or insurance companies. And then we all get together quarterly to come together to kind of build the camaraderie and also share more information about the firm. So let's use that as a springboard to be able to have you really explain what your business looks like. Like what products and services do you offer? Because insurance is a giant banner. And how does your business actually work? How is it structured? Well, what we find is that so many insurance brokers kind of silo their insurance, right? You've got employee benefits that deals with the employees of different firms, right? So whether it's health or medical in health or dental, 401k, then you have another group that deals with commercial insurance, general liability, property, kidnap and ransom, whatever it is, and then also the personal aspects of their lives. And what we find is life rarely fits into those neat silos, you know, labeled personal, professional, and business. And so by separating those, you really do create the risk for gaps or that you're paying too much for overlapping coverages. So what we try to do is look at that from a very holistic 360-degree view and try to come up with a comprehensive plan. And we also believe that insurance is kind of that last step in risk management. So we try to prevent losses from ever occurring. So we have, we have a safety director who actually works with our clients to help prevent losses or to come up with safety plans to help all of their colleagues or employees be safer. We have a wellness director who has a PhD in holistic nutrition. 
who actually has a CPA background, so she can work with our um, clients to help employees be healthier in their outside lives and have balance and less stress so that they have less absenteeism and therefore it lowers their health costs. So really we do the traditional employee benefits, commercial insurance and personal insurance, but it's from a different perspective. So really what I'm hearing is that you have three different buckets, let's say, of who you're managing. So one are your clients who are coming to you for, it sounds like, a whole variety of needs. And then you have your team members, you call your colleagues, and you have you have 75 colleagues, team members, as a part of the BKS team, who all have sort of holistic expertise, like you're talking about your wellness director, who will help consult with those clients. And then because you guys act as broker, which I consider matchmakers, then you have this whole nother bucket of the actual insurance providers for whatever those needs are. So you're you're really kind of constantly kind of helping your clients get get through those buckets, right? Absolutely. So I love your term matchmaker. That's it's a unique and different way of saying it. And I think that might be the way I adopt it now. So don't nice. be surprised to see it on our website <laughs> <laughs> next week. I love it. But you're absolutely right. We kind of consider ourselves our out, the outsourced risk manager for our clients, whether it's even a family. We're constantly talking to them about preventing losses before they occur. So even things like we're talking to them about fire extinguishers, even replacing their washing machine hoses with those braided steel hoses, because water damage is the number one cause of loss in homeowners. And so we're saying, why not take 15 to 20 minutes to prevent a loss? Because the amount of headache and the amount of money that would be out of pocket from the insurance company or from the client, it can be invaluable. So it's a lot of fun. So uh, I really want to know what business really looked like for you guys in those first couple of years. Like what were the biggest struggles that you guys had? What were some of the successes that you had? What did that those first couple of years look like? Well, we started in 2006, so it was right before 2008 when the recession hit. So we were starting to hire very successful insurance veterans without really clear-cut rules um, or roles for them because at that point we were still starting the firm and we were establishing our, our guidelines, our protocols. So it was a little chaotic. And I really leaned on Good to Great, the book that I'm sure you're very familiar with. Yep. It really talked about it. It's not about getting the right people. It's about getting the right people in the right seat in the bus. And so it took us a while to figure that out. So we might have some great people, but until we have them in the right seat, they weren't really performing or really happy with what they're doing. So that was probably one of our bigger mistakes. I think also in 2008, we had thankfully been a very lean organization. So we didn't have a major disruptions, you know, when the economy tanked, but it was a hard for our clients. So really trying to be there for them to help think proactively about how can we help them cut insurance costs because if you think about it, insurance oftentimes is the second largest expense after salaries when you think about healthcare and their commercial insurance. What have been some of your most effective marketing strategies, some of the most effective ways that you guys are actually acquiring clients? You know, our clients have been our best advertisements and we've been very blessed that we believe if you, you know, do the right thing for your clients, they'll be raving fans for you and they really have been. So that has probably been our most effective I guess, marketing strategy it wasn't necessarily formalized, but it really has been our largest creator of referrals from a, the biggest flops. I mean, thankfully, we haven't spent a ton of money 
in the marketing area. That's actually what my expertise was when I was at Chubb. And so I'm very conservative in my approach. We don't spend a lot of money. We aren't doing a ton of advertising. But when we do, we try to make it meaningful. So when we buy an advertisement, we try to do write a little educational piece so that at least someone who looks at it is getting something out of it. So even if they never come to us from insurance, maybe they're thinking about how to prevent losses from occurring. You alluded to this a little earlier about the fact that you really actually had four founding partners. I know there are now three partners in the company. Can you talk a little bit about how that was managed? Because with just one partner as, you know, my business partner, my husband, that's there's a lot of roles that you guys really have to manage. There's a lot of ways that you guys have to set up structure to agree on things to move forward. So can you talk a little bit about how you guys have really mastered how you lead the company right now as three founding partners? Well, um, you alluded to the fourth. So I will tell you, we found that there was just naturally not alignment. And when we did buy out the fourth partner, we were really kind of clung together and said, we need to really develop what our long-term success looks like, what our principles and values are. And so we actually got together, we hired an outside consultant to come in and help us really memorialize that. And we call it our azimuth, which is kind of, I don't know if you know what that is, but when you're talking about pioneering, it's almost like a compass and it points true north. And so it's really kind of been our compass and guiding us forward. And it talks a lot about our promises to our colleagues what our desires are from our colleagues, and then also talks about our promises to our clients and our insurance company partners and our community, which are really all of our major shareholders or stakeholders. So we really kind of focus on that, and we try to have, we try to incorporate that azimuth into our entire culture. It's kind of woven into the fabric. And thankfully, naturally, all three of us have very different strengths. So we actually did put on paper, here's what we think we're good at, and here's what we'd like to do as part of the organization. And so we've really divided out and delineated each of those areas of expertise and kind of divided them within the firm. Now, you alluded to something, and this is a perfect segue into the conversation about your company's culture. I think this is so important And seeing what you do from an outsider's perspective and the unique way that you do it is absolutely fascinating and I think something that all of us can really learn from. One of the things that that has come out of your azimuth and your company's culture that's so important to you is an annual report. And I came across this on your website and I was fascinated by it because it's a gorgeous report that really fully discloses all of the information about your company for that particular year. Like you had your stats for client retention in there, which by the way are 97.4%. Huge congratulations on that. That's an awesome percentage. And that your market growth is like 20.5%. It's, I mean, it's there's graphs there. You're talking about your team. You have pictures of what you guys have been doing in the community, the volunteering that you've been doing, the awards that you've won. It's a fabulous idea. And this is really only one component that really brings to light a larger culture that is important to you. So can you talk about your company's culture, what's really important to you, and and the actual ways in which you're living that culture out? Absolutely. So let's start with the annual report first. I will tell you, initially, we were very concerned about the cost because we were, very, we were at the time, we were a small company. We didn't have a lot of extra funds. And, but we had a lot of clients and colleagues who were always asking us, you know, they couldn't, you know, remind us, you know, what is our growth or remind us this or even just our clients who were really interested in how we were doing as an organization. So we decided to memorialize it and we really did it all internally. We kind of designed it and then we have an outside consultant, a designer, a freelance designer who's amazing. And she kind of put the finishing touches on it and we really, and we just PDF'd it and we emailed it out. 
And we got such amazing feedback from, from both our colleagues, our insurance company partners, and our clients because it really kind of gave them a clear understanding of who we were and who we wanted to be when we grew up, right? So they were like, you know what, everybody wants to kind of align themselves with successful companies. And so it really kind of reinforced, I guess, their decision to be with us as their insurance partner. And so it's kind of become a tradition and we do it every year. And so last year we had a theme where we had client colleague attributes where our colleagues wrote on a piece of paper, a large piece of paper, what they, what BKS meant to them. And so some people put holistic, we have people who put fresh, people put blessed, people put fun, dreaming. I mean, just a lot of fun attributes, which made it really cool. And if you look on our website, we have a picture of all of us in the lobby holding up our attribute signs. So from a cultural perspective, it's our belief that you spend more time at work than you do at home, right? If you think about waking hours, thankfully you work with your husband. But for those of us who don't, we want to make sure that it's a happy, healthy, wonderful place to be. And we've all worked at bad places, right? I think that we haven't, but I've, when I did when I was a teenager, but not, not since I was out of school. But so we really have tried to be very purposeful about the culture and what we stand for and what we believe in. And I will tell you, we hold each other accountable to that. And so we even call it the BKS 2020, where colleagues after every meeting will give us, give us feedback, we'll give them feedback, and nothing is off the table. So it's really shown in our results. It's shown in our accolades. It's shown in our colleague retention and in our client retention and in our growth. So again, we've been very purposeful about it. Wow. Well, big congratulations on that. I think that's such an incredible piece of a company. And there's something larger. You guys just recently won an award that you and I were talking about before we started this show. Can you tell everyone about that? Because I think that also alludes to a whole nother aspect and a whole nother offshoot of what your culture is producing. Absolutely. We are so proud. We got the healthiest place to work by the Tampa Bay Business Journal and our employee number category, which is like 51, I think, to 150. I really attribute it to Dr. Pat Fuller, who is our PhD in holistic nutrition, our wellness director. And she has really done an amazing job of creating a culture of wellness. So we do everything from educational seminars, from smoking cessation to organic food delivery. We have events where we do like little contests where we'll, we all have pedometers and we, you know, we'll track our steps to we went to the final four in March where we were all just saying one thing that we're going to do about our wellness. And then it kind of, you know, we had a bracket of, we started out with all the things we wanted to do and kind of like the number one thing that we ended up with, which is our championship. So we do all these great, amazing incentives throughout the year also to result in monetary awards at the end of the year to pay for our colleagues' healthcare, their employee contributions. So it's really had amazing impact on the overall culture as well as the overall productivity of our colleagues because they are healthier. I love that. I think that's such a cool program and big congratulations to you for winning the award. Well, major congratulations to Dr. Pat Fuller because she really (laughs) has been the instigator of it. And I will tell you, it's really cool when you think about we really need to practice what we preach because we're working with our clients and talking about this every day. So we figured we might as well try out all of our little ideas on ourselves. And so it's, it's worked. I want to delve in a little deeper to a stat that we had talked about before, which was your high retention rate. So you're really talking about not only actually your retention for your clients, but also retention for your employees, for your colleagues. And I, I want to know if you could give advice to our listeners who have clients and what advice would you give them about how to really retain and continue to keep people as their clients? Absolutely. First, obviously, it's doing always what's in their best interest, right? I mean, that's number one and and paramount in our 
business, but we're also very diligent about proactive communication. So scheduling, and we get an agreement from our client at first, and we do a proactive stewardship where we're asking them for feedback. What else can we be doing, you know, to make your life easier? And then we're also providing them risk management counsel about preventing losses and also trying to think long-term about their business and helping them reach those goals. But it's really all about finding the right people because, you know, it's not going to just be me working with our clients. We have 75 colleagues. And so we have really placed a lot of emphasis on finding the right people. So we do a lot of pre-employment testing, whether it's the personality, we do disc profiles and some other different types of tests to make sure that we find the right people, give them our azimuth to make sure that they would feel comfortable with those guiding principles. But when you have the happy colleagues, it shows. And their passion, especially when you think about insurance, I, I really have yet to meet someone who says, I love insurance. I'm so excited to meet you. Usually people are saying, well, I just want to make sure you know we hate insurance. And so we want to make their, their experience with insurance at least enjoyable as much as it can be. So when you find people who are passionate about what they're doing and that they love helping people, it really does show when it comes back to us all in spades. What are some of the unique challenges that your company has being in the insurance industry? Well, I mean, it's a little unique. Like you mentioned before, we're kind of like the matchmaker. So first you have to find willing clients, and then you also have to find the willing insurance companies to pair up with them. So we, again, in my specific area of expertise is on the personal insurance side. And so we're very fortunate to work with the five AM best rated homeowner insurers who are actively writing homeowners in Florida. But at the same time, you know, we have to also help our clients fortify their homes so that they're acceptable to those insurance companies, right? So, or eligible. So finding willing clients and willing insurers so we don't disappoint and we make everyone happy has been a complex challenge here in the Florida marketplace. And then we're always looking for ways to bring more value to that client experience. So rather than just, again, you know, preventing losses from occurring and placing their insurance, we're trying to always find things that make our clients' lives easier and give them peace of mind. Now, one offshoot of your company culture is obviously really volunteering, participating, and getting involved in the community. You are very heavily involved in the local community. Can you talk a little bit about what some of those involvements are and what that fulfills for you? Oh, gosh. That's like my my love. So that is actually one of our, in our azimuth, it's one of our cornerstones, and everyone has to participate. And we actually have 100% participation in terms of involvement in the community. Wow. So we try to provide our colleagues with opportunities to volunteer. And we actually give them hours to volunteer each month, whether it's in their own potential nonprofit or their child's school, or they can also volunteer with some of our um, amazing opportunities. So one of the groups that I'm involved with, Meals on Wheels, is very true to my heart. I'm on the board and we actually have, an, we've adopted a route here at BKS. And so we deliver meals and it's really fun because it's a great way to build camaraderie. So there's, you know, it requires two people. So we always ask that it be someone from, you know, different business segments so that they get to know someone else and they deliver and you're in and out in an hour. But, you know, if you think about the impact that you're making on those around you, it's really, you know, we're delivering 770 plus meals a day to homebound seniors in the Tampa Bay area. It really is. You're helping basically the people who made Tampa into the great city that it is. Well, the Children's Dream Fund is also a local organization, and they actually help children from 22 counties. They provide dreams for children who have terminal illnesses, 
and I will tell you, they give 82% of every dollar they collect back into the programs. And it's a really amazing way. We even have kids who care programs where different schools or children will raise funds and they'll make a dream come true for a child. But I highly recommend that if you're looking for an organization to get involved in, it's another phenomenal organization. But I think community really is giving back is really the best thing that any business owner can do because, you know, there's a great saying in Spider-Man movie, with great power comes great responsibility. And if you have the power to help others, it comes back to you in spades. I mean, it really does. And it also just nourishes your soul. So that is something that we've really, all of the three founding partners, as well as all of our colleagues are very committed to, and it really has shown. So we dedicate our time and treasures to over 40 organizations in the Tampa Bay area. Now, Laura, you did not start your business journey being incredibly wise about company culture and totally involved in your community and all these boards and being able to manage all of your colleagues and your employees very well. So how have you evolved as a businesswoman throughout your journey? Wow, that's you are absolutely right. And I tell you something, I learn something new every day. But I think some of the biggest ones are, and I know this is like cliche and saying, but don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, I used to labor over the smallest little things. And now it's amazing how, you know, I really don't sweat the small stuff or even the medium stuff. I really try to focus on just the large things and also keeping your eye on the big picture. At least I find that as a woman, I like to be in the details and in the thickest things and I'm helping people constantly. And sometimes I have to forcefully remove myself to make sure that I am keeping my eye on the prize and the big picture and keeping steering the ship. And then also if someone else in your organization feels more passionately passionately about something and then you do, let them run with it. You don't have to be a control freak and run everything. And that's been another thing that I've really had to learn, especially as we've gotten larger. Yeah, it sounds like you might have a story of how you've learned that the hard way. (laughs) (laughs) Always, right? (laughs) I think that that's a constant with any businesswoman is just like how to be able to give up control over certain things, how to be able to delegate, how to be able to really pass something off and, and truly believe that it will actually get done a heck of a lot better and save you a lot of stress and time. Well, and you know, someone even said to me, if somebody does something 80% of how you would have done it, what a great opportunity for them to learn. And again, you can't, you can't be everywhere and do, you can't do everything for everyone. And so you really do have to divide and conquer. And so I've really, that's been, I think even in the past two years, that's something that I've continued to learn and I work with every day. I love on it. I love that. Our our strategist told us in the, uh, God, years and years ago about, he said the 80% thing. He said, let's just make the assumption that no one's going to do it at 100% like you can. So you pass it off and someone does it at 80%. And then you pass it something else off to somebody else and they do it at 80%. And pretty soon you have 10 people doing 80%, which equals a heck of a lot more than just the 100% that you could ever do. It's it's simple mathematics. Absolutely. I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. <laughs> it really is. It seems so simple when you say it out loud. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. You have a husband and two boys. How in the world do you manage your role as a businesswoman, a wife, a mother? Like how, what are the realities of how you actually manage that? Well, help. (laughs) Um, And I will tell you again, very blessed. My mom moved here from Ohio when my second one was born. So for the last four years, she's been here helping out. So I could not have done it without my mom. 
at all. But we don't have any norms and we don't have any real rules because every day, our, our my husband travels a lot for business and I have a lot of evening events. So we've really taught our children to be flexible and we've really focused on spending quality time with them. So when I'm not at work or doing something for work, I'm with my family always, 100% of the time. And I also, because I am a business owner, I do get to schedule my time. So there are times I get to leave, you know, really early or take the day off or like, Last weekend, I had an event in Amelia Island, and I got to bring my family with me. A lot of our travels are geared around which insurance company meeting am I going to, and we'll try to make a fun trip out of it. Can you walk us through a little bit more of those deep moments that you talked about, about, you know, kind of how you've evolved, maybe one of those moments that you were really, really down, and for whatever reason, things did not look good. Can you walk us through exactly what happened and really how you got back up after that? Wow, there's so many. Which one to choose from? No, think. Um, <laughs> I will say that probably in, in recent history, you know, I mentioned we were buying out a partner, which was just a really a tumultuous time because I take it very personally. And at the time, I think we had maybe close to 40 or 50 colleagues. And I felt like they were relying on us. I also was pregnant and we were renovating my, our house. And that was probably the darkest hour of my professional career, just because I wanted everything to go well, and I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I fretted about it. I talked to many different people. I tried to get advice. And finally, at some point, I just said, you know, I have to give this to God and let it all work out. And it really took the burden off of me because it was really weighing on me. And I'm generally a very upbeat, happy person, but I took it very seriously, and it really impacted me. So I will tell you, once I did that, and I really didn't, sweat the small stuff. <laughs> it, it all worked out for everyone involved and everyone is happy and it all worked out and it really was a life me- moment for me. What keeps you fired up, Laura? I guess the possibilities. It's so exciting to think about what we could do. And I constantly have our co- challenging our colleagues, you know, think about what else we could be doing. How could we do it different? Constantly challenging our systems, our protocols, what we're doing. And that to me gets me up in the morning. Also helping people. I love, love helping people. I love educating people about insurance, about risk management. I really love what I do. And that does definitely keep me fired up. And tell us one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever got. There's a great quote about character. You can't judge character when things are going well, but when things aren't going well, you really see people's true character. And then I think also the harder that you work, the better you do. And I think there's really no substitute for hard work. So, and my grandpa always taught me that. And I think that's really been my guiding principle. Now I'm a lot smarter about working now that I have children. I'm always home. Unless I have an event, I'm always home for dinner and bath time and reading. But once the kids go to bed, I'm often working again. That's probably the advice that I probably live, I live every day by. And I really want to close this conversation by asking, what is your vision for BKS? You have spent all these years building up a really awesome company with such a unique culture that really penetrates the entire community around it. What's your vision? Where do you want to take the company? Well, we are actually building an employee type ownership program, and it's actually started with our advisors, and they actually are combined into the, both their book and then into our firm. So continuing to, to build that out and seeing our colleagues become shareholders in the firm and, the, and share in the ownership and the vision would be huge to me. That really would define success. And then also continuing to work with our amazing clients and actually working with their children and continuing to have this grow would be my vision for BKS. It's not about growth. It's not about geography. It's really about creating a culture and a company where people want to be would be the best thing in the world to me. 
Laura, I really want to thank you so much for your time here today. I really appreciate the culture that you bring to your company. I think that's a major, major takeaway for me. And just thank you so much for sharing your business journey, because I think it's one that so many of our listeners can really identify with and learn from. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Are you kidding, Katie? Thank you for creating uh, Business Women Rock, because I think it's such an amazing opportunity for women to, and, and men to learn about different organizations. I've listened to so many of the podcasts, and it's, I've learned so much. So thank you for everything that you're doing in the community. To get the show notes for today's show, you can go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 38. Laura just astounded me. I did have the pleasure of meeting with her after we recorded this conversation, and she was just as bubbly, just as lively, just as savvy as uh, as when we first talked over the phone, and I just truly loved who she is and what she brings to business. I was very intrigued by her culture, obviously, and I really, really appreciated the fact that she went into it pretty deep about all the different things and programs that they do in order to build out and and really encourage such a cool culture. So I hope that you took away a few nuggets from there specifically to take those back to your business and uh, things that you can work on to really implement a really awesome, amazing culture. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had a great time. Remember to share with all the other great businesswomen that you know out there. These stories are so impactful. And I have to tell you that every single guest that I've had on the show has been so humbled by the fact that you are listening and want to be able to learn from their story. So they are awesome. You are awesome. Keep on spreading the love and let's keep on building this community. Have a great day and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.